You're listening to Family Futures Podcast. In this episode of Real Life Stories, we sit down with Matt and Jason, a newly matched couple who are waiting for their adoptive son to move home with them. In this episode, Matt and Jason's assisting social worker, Jeff Hudson, chats about their journey so far and their experience of the iAdopt assessment process. What research did you do when first thinking of adoption? So, we, um, we first started as um, we just want to expand our family. Um, so we looked at adoption and... Actually, we looked at um, surrogacy first. Um, and we were sort of split in that regard. You know, I wanted Jason's child. <laughs> and um, Jason wanted a child. Um, and then we went to, to an open evening for surrogacy and it, it was just a bit weird. And I think there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of risks involved, um, health risks involved in, in the process. Um, besides the fact that it was prohibitively expensive and all of that, outlay of cash does not actually in the end guarantee that everything's going to go well and um so that was our first experience and then we went to an adoption evening um with um another another agency and um i was i came out like this i just thought wow she gave this child a life she actually gave this child a life and then um, we realised after that session that um, we have a lot to do before we can actually go into the process. And I think that was the... We, di- we, didn't, we didn't do it because we were given that advice. We did it because we just thought, we don't know how long this is going to take, but however long it'll take, we just want to be 100% prepared. Um, so we undertook a lot of preparation. Um, I did. I also did a little bit of therapy as well, and sort of reconcile things from my past, things from my childhood, which I thought cannot be taken into a family, uh, a, a home with a traumatized child, um, and we started reading and reading and reading and going to webinars. Um, we made contact with Adoption UK, which is the best decision we've ever done in our lives. Um, and then um, we were ready and we thought, I'm sure there's a hundred thousand other things that we need to learn, but let's start the process. Let's start looking. What was it that attracted you to Family Futures? Uh, so we had a recommendation from Adoption UK, who had been an amazing support network to us prior to that. Um, we had talked to someone that we trusted very much at Adoption UK and asked for her advice about good agencies that might be a good fit for us. She mentioned FF, so we went away and did a little research on it, and it seemed to be a good fit and when we got in contact with FF, the response straight away was just so warm and empathetic and and helpful 
and everything was laid out very clearly. All of our expectations were met. Timelines we were given were were honoured, um, and it just felt like an agency that was going to understand what we needed in our journey and do their best to um to to support that. We also did some other um, research, like looked at Ofsted ratings, spoke to other people in our adoption network, and um, used all of that information to sort of confirm our, um, our sense that FF was going to be a great agency for us. I think the biggest pull was post-adoption support. Mm. I looked at the... It was so, it's so clear on the website, you know, you look at it and you, you look at all the packages, um, and I just thought yeah I want my child to do all of that you know if they need it they it's great that they they are able to do that and I think it was the first time that we a light bulb sort of um went off and said oh yeah post-adoption support doesn't really end on the 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 um adoption order does it you know it goes on and on and on and for the first time it shone a light towards adoption is for life and not um and it's like getting a dog, you know, it's, it's not just for Christmas. Um, yeah, I think the, the biggest advice I could give for anyone trying to choose an agency is look around widely, speak to your network of um, friends and family, and particularly anyone who is an adoptive parent. And when you're looking at each individual agency, know that you will find some that are satisfactory, some that are good enough. But if you keep looking, you'll probably find that one that is excellent and just right for you. So keep going and when you when you find that agency i think you'll know it deep down it gives you confidence that all of the internal processes which are actually going to rule your life for a, quite a, a, a chunk of time are, are that everything's taken care of everything sort of um uh, tick ticked off and it it gave us a lot of confidence and then obviously the big the, the first phone call we were both looking at each other thinking oh, oh is this what it's meant to be like <laughs> like a nice process when it was it wasn't before and this is what happens when you choose the wrong agency which we did we made a lot of mistakes which I'm going to spend my life talking about because I don't want people to make that mistake again Can you please tell us a little bit about your preparation in the run-up to your assessment starting and how you think you benefited from that? We, in advance of our assessment starting, we did a lot of preparation. That was like our choice. We wanted to go into the process being as informed as possible, knowing what to expect and having already thought about any challenges or things that we might need to work on. So. We'd already looked around for voluntary experience and had started the process of getting that organised. That's, that's tricky, so that was, start early. And not just that, we did it during COVID, so it was even, even trickier. Yeah, and there, don't rely on what the internet tells you. Just go and speak to your local schools or other facilities where children might be who might need and benefit from volunteers. Um, we found, we ended up volunteering at the local school just down our road, which was an amazing experience. We also read pretty extensively. There's a huge number of accessible books out there. Um, people like Helen Oakwater are good places to start to give you an uh, <laughs> introduction. Sarah Nash has got lots of really good accessible books. Sarah Donovan. Sally Donovan. Sally Donovan. Um, and uh, 
there's loads of webinars, online support, um, videos and courses that you can um, start having a look at. You don't have to go overboard and do loads, but it's good, I think, to get a sense of the, the themes that you'll work through on your assessment and to start understanding the, the background of children who are placed for adoption. Document your, your reading. I would read a book and think, oh my God, there are 50 points. How am I going to remember all of this? And then I, and I'll jot it down and I'll start to, you know, after I've read the book, I'll go into my notes and, and, and write about what I read. And then as you go through the process, if you look back at your notes, you then start to realise that, oh, all of this is now second nature to me. And it's, it feels like a sign of, uh, you're moving on, it's a sign of improvement. Um, and that you're gaining more knowledge. So we did, I mean, Adoption UK have hundreds and hundreds of videos online that um, are accessible for four pounds something a month. I mean, no brainer. You, if you want to spend some money on your child, spend four pounds fifty a month and get onto Adoption UK. Um, I think that was it. So it was webinars, books. We went to conferences, so there's, um, Al Coates and what was his name the other guy um, we went to this adoption conference which was a whole day um, and it, I mean it was amazing because you get to see birth parents as well which we don't, it's not normal to, 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 to have that experience and to have this birth mother who gave up her children and was willing to come on camera and talk about it was I was absorbing everything and I can I can reel off things that I learned in that particular it's a it's such an experience so I would say th this is the way I approached it every time I saw a book that um, I liked the look of and I'd never heard of I buy it and read it and I think you need to be an expert on the subject of your child so that is the way we not necessarily before you start the process though. I think it's just good to have an understanding of the, the themes and the challenges. What, what? what was the Family Futures assessment like for you, both individually and as a couple? Because as you know, it is quite different to other agencies. Uh, we both found the assessment process incredibly rewarding. Um, it, was a, it was a big commitment. Um, emotionally as much as anything else you need to go to those sessions ready to be honest transparent and to potentially think about themes that you haven't thought about before or in a in a different way so you need to be a hundred percent present and um, engaging with the sessions but they were yeah they were fantastic for us we left them feeling really really well armed with information and knowledge about what to expect we also left knowing that we'd be supported throughout not just the rest of the assessment but the post-adoption stage when we're actually placed with a child and knowing that you have that source of support for us was was an incredible thing i think there's a a lot of times during the adoption process where you just think this is a tick tick it's a tick box we need to tick right and before when we started the adoption process you know all those uh, months ago I thought, oh, this training, what are they going to train us on? Um, and it's like the volunteering, you know, oh, we need to tick that box. And actually, there is not one part of the assessment process in FF I would remove. Um, because it's just, 
I think I think I sort of was a different person coming out of that process. I learned so much about myself and about us, and it really we have a, a very open communicative relationship anyway. But um, we didn't do it because we talked about having that kind of relationship. We did it because that's who we are. But the fact that we then were suddenly talking about that made me feel like, oh yes, we're a good couple. We're doing it right. And really, it's the relationship between the parents, or obviously that doesn't apply to a single adopter, but um, it's the relationship that then that single adopter would have with their support network that really, really matters. And it's that solid ground of we are a unit. And going into the assessment process, that unit may break if it's not solid enough. And that's when, I suppose... The social worker will say, "I think you need to do some more work on yourself." Um, so we we I absolutely loved it. I think what I found really helpful as well was that as part of the assessment, you're undertaking activities that you might well do with your future child or children to unpick their feelings or help understand their past. So um, you know, interactive activities, theraplay, some of them sort of fun arts and craft things. Um, it can seem a bit strange when you start the assessment thinking as adults we're going to be doing that but it was so helpful and if that's the thing that we need to do with our child in the future it's amazing that we've already got some experience of, of going through it ourselves. I, I think it also because the assessment process was so interactive and so um, great all around that I remember everything now I have such a terrible memory but I remember everything the conversations the things that we did you know the theraplay things that um we did together which I already know what I'm going to use with our son um and it's like if I would do it again Can you please tell us about coming to the end of the assessment process and attending our adoption panel? I mean, panel was... I thought it would be much scarier. It is so not scary. Um, the thing is that um, prospective adopters need to keep in mind is that your team will not allow you to go to panel unless you are 100% ready. They're not going to go, oh, come on, let's, let's try it. You know, it's not that kind of thing. So I wasn't, I, I don't, I wasn't nervous. I was just excited. I was like, let's get this over and done with because we need to start the next bit of the process. Um, but obviously we had been in the process, in the whole process for a longer period of time. So our feelings and about adoption and our approach was settled and it wasn't there wasn't any nervousness am I going to be good enough you know there wasn't any of that because we really did a lot of research and took our time so it was it was really great I mean um, be prepared for questions sometimes questions that may be ridiculous because they have nothing else to ask um, but I don't, I don't really think that, I, I felt great about it. I was like, yeah, ask me another question. I'll tell you all about that. Um, yeah, so I mean, our panel was online, but even online, which some people might find a little bit more intimidating, I really just felt the, the support and the positivity coming from every single panel member. 
for a start, your assessing social worker is there with you, so there's already a friendly face. But the rest of the panel are all going to be experienced professionals or actual adopters themselves who are really, they're rooting for you. They want you to succeed. They want you to be able to offer a home to a child or children. So they're not there to try and um, trip Trip. you up or Mm. catch you out. They're just sort of sense checking. And actually, half the time, are just going to be interested in your journey and want to hear a bit more about it. So try not to worry about it. Think about it as just another part of the assessment that if you're prepared, is going to be absolutely fine. How did you feel looking at children's profiles on LinkMaker? Oh, God. Um, weird. Yeah. It was weird. It's, 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 uh, I think it's an experience no one can quite prepare you for. There's something innately a little strange about seeing pictures of children and being asked to identify one that might be your potential son or daughter. We started using LinkMaker and just didn't know what to expect. And the first night we had access, we probably spent about three or four hours searching through, probably not filtering in the right way and becoming a little concerned that we hadn't found our son or daughter um, straight away. Over the coming days, we sort of, we were a bit more um, targeted in how we use LinkMaker. So suddenly maybe sort of filtering on the types of ages or, or the gender or the location that you might be looking for. But also we started getting um, social workers reach out to us who had seen our profile and thought based on our skills and experience, we might be a match for um, a child that they had in their care. And everyone has asked us, when do you know that moment um, that you see your son or daughter? And for us, we both just knew. Um, we had looked at a profile separately that had been sent to us by one of the, the social workers on the system. And we both, when we talked to each other, had that little smile and that little sort of knowing sense of, I think he's, I think he's the one. I feel that, that connection deep down. And I can't probably still explain why clearly, whether it was the the picture, the video, the name, the experience, the fact that he liked some of the things that we thought we'd be able to um, offer in our home. But both of us, we just knew. And as the conversation started with the family finder on their side, it just became more and more right for us. I mean, I think what we found was there, there was maybe three potentials and I remember us saying, are we allowed to do that? You know, it's like we're cheating on them, you know, <laughs> by, by um, you know, looking at three. And we started three conversations. I would say that is probably the maximum because more than three is, it just becomes a little bit, you, there's so much to process, you know, you're looking at this child, you, you know, you go back and you look at the picture again, you look at the video again, and you're processing it. So if, if you're looking at too many, there's not enough time for processing and I think it, it becomes a little bit like um, it, it's, it's just more, more difficult. So I would say two, three would be the maximum. How do you feel Family Futures supported you in searching for your child and reviewing profiles? Yeah, so I think the, the process of looking through profiles um, 
your social worker can be a really valuable part of that but they will be led by you so it almost depends how proactive you want to be in our case we were um, identifying profiles and then sort of um, almost sense checking them with our social worker but I've also heard of stories where they will proactively spend time searching Linkmaker and other resources and identifying children that they might think would be a fit for you but for us it was amazing to have someone on standby to sort of say yes I think this is a good profile and to immediately get us thinking about the potential challenges that might come with um, a child of that background or that age or with those health um, conditions and in our case it was really helpful to have our social worker say I am 100% confident that you two will be able to support the needs of that child. Yeah and also I think a social worker has been in the business for such a long time they're reading between the lines really Um, and I think if you do go through a number of profiles you start to learn how to do that, but obviously they've been doing it for years. So it's it's really helpful to for the social worker to say things like, you know when they said this about the child, what it actually means is this. And, the, and you just think, oh, yeah, that makes sense now. This links back to something we did in our training. And that is what the family finder of that child is not, is not going to be so up and up front with um, on the profile and that's where the social worker is super 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 important um, and we I, I don't think we would have done it without that yeah. input they, they can also help you through um, any disappointments or yeah. delays so there might be profiles of children that you want to start a conversation with and on the other side there isn't that reciprocation or it might be that you do start a conversation and the family finder on the other side ultimately decides to go with a different um, couple. Which has happened to us. Which, you know, will, can and will happen. And you have to know and trust that in each case that social worker has got the child's best interests at the, at the forefront. And so for whatever reason, you weren't the, the best or the, the right match at that time. But we're all human and it can be an emotional process. And having a social worker by your side to help you understand the decisions that are being made and to keep giving you encouragement is is incredible yeah how would you describe your emotions when you were selected as a match for your child are we talking like final final ratification or yes well sort of matching panel and or ratification yeah um I think the um the process leading up to that it's not like oh are they going to say yes or no you know again it's it's another panel where they're rooting for you they want you to to have this they want the child to have this and there are so many things that need to happen before the panel that if you're not the right match they're not going to wait to panel to, to to tell you it's it's just it's just not like that. Um, and it does seem quite daunting. Oh, we've just done one panel. We have to do another one. Come on, we're good enough. You know, and you have all these conversations in your head. Um, but in actual fact, leading up to matching panel was, uh, we, we were just asked to fill in some paperwork. We had to write a few things. But um, in comparison to the, the process before, it, it wasn't 
it was you know people were rooting for us they knew that this was this was a match it was now a, a sort of a process of ticking all the boxes and filling in all the forms to then present it and make sure that um they've done all the legal things so it's not i mean it felt amazing when it came through but at the back of my head i always said i obviously know that this is going to happen i mean yeah by the time you get to matching panel you know that this match is going to be um approved because no one would have put you through to this stage if they didn't think that was going to happen but even though you know that it's going to occur that moment that you're told you've been approved and that the match is confirmed we both found it very emotional there were tears there was excitement we were telling every single member of our support network um, and it's incredible because your family has now been confirmed and you know you can now start planning the process of meeting your son or daughter or children sort of properly with them knowing who you are and you can really begin to look forward to planning your family and yeah, it, it was it was incredible. And buying things. And buying things, yeah. For the child. <laughs> the most exciting thing. How has it been for you working with the wider professionals in the Adoption Network? Working with all the professionals involved can be a bit challenging. You have to know deep down that everyone is working towards a common goal and everyone has the child's best interests at heart. But everyone's priorities won't necessarily align and people will be coming at things from slightly different perspectives. You as the prospective adopter will be thinking about all of the support that um, your child might need and how that's going to be funded. Very possibly the child's social workers are going to be thinking, how do we not have to fund <laughs> any of this? So you all want the best for that child, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to play out in perfect alignment. And you have to be patient, you have to be resilient, and you have to be willing to fight for what you think is best and potentially disagree with some of the other um, professionals. I think involved. fight is the most fight. You need to fight for your child. Um, and I think Fight for Your Child starts from before matching because you have to think what is the best for him or her? What is, what is it, it in his best interest? Not what's going to affect me or us, what's him. It's all about the child. Um, and sometimes the social worker on the child side will see it differently. And that's when the fight starts. You need to fight. And you will be fighting for the child your whole life really. I think you can also sometimes end up a bit disappointed so it might be that you have an appointment scheduled with a healthcare professional who has worked with that child and they don't have up-to-date information and you leave thinking I knew more about my child than they did but they were supposed to be providing me with information. Equally it can be a very emotional um, process when you find professionals or figures in that child's life who have really cared and gone above and beyond um, that might be the foster carer foster it might cares. be the teacher seeing all the love that has surrounded your child despite the, the tough journey they've been on can or, be, or not or not can or be, not yeah well you ruined my answer now <laughs> how has it felt to be only a part of a team making decisions about your adoptive son and in what ways have you found yourself being advocates for him already? 
you choose your battles. There are some you know that you absolutely, resolutely will not change your viewpoint on. There are others you know that you can find a common ground that probably works for both um, parties. Where you really do need to change the opinion of someone, it's very uh, tempting to get emotional or angry, uh, but actually what you need is a calm head and think, how am I best going to persuade this person that my perspective is the right one? In our case, drawing on all the, the knowledge and support sources we had available, we were able to show that the way we wanted to do things was the best way, it's the, it's the common practice and would be, as it has always been the case for us, in the child's best interests. I think that's a really important message to convey. You're not necessarily doing something because you want to benefit from it, you're thinking about your child or children and what they will benefit from most. And when you present that argument, and it's a valid one, it's very hard for another professional to not give ground or to, to acknowledge your perspective. And just keeping in mind that at this point in the process, it's no longer just you and your social worker. It's now you, potentially your social worker, and your family finder, and the family finder of the child, and the social worker of the child, and the foster carers, and the social worker of the foster carers, and so the, 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 the team has grown, but they all have the same training. So if one of them thinks, no, this is not right, you, you, you haven't just got your social worker, you've potentially got a team of people who you can bring on side. It's like trying to convince a board to vote in a certain way. It's, it's sort of the same thing. Um, but I think it's very easy to just go, I just want him home. I just want him home. And to just go, whatever. And then you deal with the repercussions later. And I thought I would be like this, but we were in a position where we were like, we're not going to start introductions unless this happens, we'll stop. Don't talk to me again until you have. But I am, I'm quite like that, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm quite the advocate for our son. Uh, you know, and it'll happen time and time again, dealing with schools, dealing with... Um, professionals in the future coming up to post um, post adoption and, and the and the order how do you feel the family futures assessment and training program has prepared you to be parents to a child with harder to place characteristics uh, short answer yes I left the assessment and training modules feeling as well prepared as any prospective adopter could possibly hope to. We had covered so many different things and learned so much that when we started looking at profiles, um, we were able to straight away see that how the assessment and training that FF had given us would allow us to support children with some of those characteristics. We also left feeling a sense of it's okay that you're not going to be perfect and brilliant at every single thing all the time. It's you know, you've got to be empathetic towards yourself and know that uh, you're doing the best you possibly can. Uh, obviously, the, the only downside to having an assessment as a two-to-two, two, really, because you've got your social worker, your therapist, and then it's two of you, or two-to-one if it's a single adopter, um, is that you haven't got the dynamic of having a, having a group, which is sort of like an NCT group, which you become your, your network, um, however, you can go out and find a network. Adoption UK, I mean, we make friends with adopters constantly. As soon as someone says, um, 
oh, you're adopting. I'm adopting. My, my, my cousin adopted. This one adopted. And it's so easy because people who adopt want more support. So it's very easy to create a, a support network. It's not easy to create that incredible assessment process which Family Futures have, have created. So uh, I would rather have a, a, a no, no group um, assessment process and then sort out my support network of more adopters than the other way around. And finally, do you have any top tips for people thinking of adopting? <laughs> <laughs> Where do we start? Um, I think don't believe that a quicker process is better. Um, I remember going to the first information meeting and thinking, okay, a year, so January 2020, we'll have a child. I remember th- thinking to Jason, I, I, wa- I wanted I wa- I wanted a child, I wanted a child. And I think it's really easy to get to get lost in that and forget what you're signing up for um, and taking the time to prepare yourself um, is is key yeah. I, w- I would say be open-minded I know it's difficult at the start because you've probably got preconceived ideas about what your child or children might look like but um, know that there's a huge um, rich array of children in the system and you might find yourself being drawn um, to a profile that's very different let's say when we started we weren't sure whether surrogacy or adoption was right for us even when we did land on adoption we thought probably like a lot of people entering the process will of course will adopt a baby and actually our son is an older child Um, so be open-minded feel comfortable and happy with the agency you choose because they're going to be so important not just during the assessment process itself but for the rest of your um, life and start reading around it's so easy to find and absorb information about adoption and the the information you need to know whether that's online through books through webinars through podcasts there's an abundance of riches out there that you can start um, finding and, and absorbing and the last thing is i implore you consider an older child You've been listening to Real Life Stories, a Family Futures podcast. If you'd like to know more about adoption, you can visit our website, familyfutures.co.uk, to find out more or to speak to a member of our team.